So like Clayton said, my name is Hillary Cobb. I'm the executive director at One Voice Home, and I'm excited to be here today. A little bit about me, I'm originally from Austin. I came to go to school at Texas Tech, and Texas Tech seems to be a little bit of a black hole, and it sucks. I mean, not Texas Tech. Lubbock sucks people in that come to go to Texas Tech. I would have never thought that I would still be living here, but I love that I live in Lubbock. I met my husband here. His name is Dylan. Like Clayton said, he's the youth pastor. We like to make a lot of jokes that it looks like he's married to a student because I look like I am 16, but I promise that I'm old enough to be married and doing what I'm doing. Recently, I did get the age of 19, which is definitely moving up. Everybody says that I will love it in like 20 years. We'll see if they're true. I mean, my mom is almost 70 and she looks pretty dang good. So I hope it's some good genetics that are coming my way. But I'm excited to be here. I will say that we are gonna talk about something actually first. So I do have a compromised immune system. I have a shirt that says, I love you, but please stay out of my hula hoop. I would love to talk to you after and answer any questions. I'm a hugger, and so this season has been really hard for me, but I do need to protect my immune system. So I'll give you lots of fist bumps after this and answer any questions that you have. So today is gonna to be really uncomfortable. Last chance, if you're a parent, check your kid into Kid City because it's really uncomfortable, but I do believe that God bears a lot of fruit, healthy fruit from uncomfortable conversations. I believe that you also too have to give yourself grace to grow, especially with this topic. This is a really intense topic, and so you have to give yourself grace to grow and allow your heart to be molded and shifted and truly changed. So let's pray before we, before we dive in. God, we thank you so much just for who you are. God, I pray that you would meet us here. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just be evident in this time together. God, I pray that you would speak to us individually, that we would leave with great heart change. God, I had a friend yesterday that lost his dad to COVID-19. He had no previous health conditions. God, this is serious, what's going on in our world. So I pray for their family and every other family who's lost loved ones. God, this is a serious disease, God, and I just pray healing in the mighty name of Jesus. But God, I also pray that you would bring back college football in the fall, because if you don't bring back college football, I am going to have a meltdown. In the name of Jesus, amen. I am serious. If college football does not come back, it is so life-giving, and so I truly, genuinely pray that God brings it back. But what we're going to talk about today is human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking, so let's look at some definitions first. So oppression, defined by Oxford on Google, it defines oppression as prolonged, cruel, or unjust treatment or control, the state of being subject to unjust treatment or control, or mental pressure or distress. Now let's also look at the definition of sex trafficking. So by Shared Hope International, they describe and they say that trafficking occurs when someone uses force, fraud, or coercion to cause a commercial sex act. A commercial sex act includes prostitution, pornography, and sexual performance done in exchange for any item of value, such as money, drugs, shelter, food, or clothes. So it's important for us to understand that not all oppression is trafficking, but all sex trafficking is oppression. They are an oppressed population that has been 
just the oppression is unimaginable. And so it's important for us to understand that and to associate victims and survivors of trafficking with oppression. What is One Voice Home? So One Voice Home is designed to be a faith-based, state-licensed, therapeutic residential facility for minors and young adults that are survivors of trafficking. So we exist on the restoration side. So we exist to have individual counseling, group counseling, equine therapy. They'll do school with us through the Texas Tech K through 12 program. They will basically live with us and we will walk with them hand in hand in their healing journey. And so we are excited to continue to see what God has for One Voice Home for the rest of 2020. We are not quite open yet, but we are excited for what he's gonna do in the coming months. Traffickers. Traffickers, I hate to give them any credit, but traffickers are master manipulators. They are very smart at what they do. And they prey on vulnerable people so they can, they can target somebody who's vulnerable and they will prey on their vulnerabilities. They will also do this thing called grooming. So what that looks like is they'll cast out a fishing line and then they start reeling it in. They're reeling you in by saying things like, you're so beautiful, you're so handsome, I'm gonna travel the world with you, I'm gonna marry you, I'm gonna buy you a MacBook, I'm gonna buy you a Louis Vuitton, I love you so much, I'll be your boyfriend, I'll be your husband. So what they're doing is they're reeling you in to gain your trust. So they're gaining your trust. And then what they do is they cut that line of trust and then that trust turns into harm. They are good at spotting the people that they know can be trafficked. A lot of people ask me for some examples of what trafficking looks like or some stories. At One Voice Home and pretty much every other agency I've come across, we don't share survivor stories on behalf of our survivor because that is their survivor story to tell. And so we allow them to share that when they're comfortable. And if they give us permission to share it, we'll share it. But right now I'm just gonna do some scenarios. So the first scenario is a foster kid. Her name is Sally. She was removed from her, foster, or from her family for XYZ reason. She was then placed in a foster home. So she was placed with strangers. These foster parents are doing great. They're trying to show her her bedroom. They're trying to be welcoming. But Sally is also 14 years old. So what's Sally's reaction? Her gut reaction is I'm gonna get the heck out of Dodge. I'm gonna run away. So she runs away. Targets, uh, traffickers know how to target these kids and they know different things to look for in order to snatch them up off the streets and then they end up in trafficking. Another example is social media. Social media is a gateway to trafficking. Now I'm not telling you to get rid of your social media because the world is evolving, but what I am telling you is that I did sit at a conference in a, in a breakout that was all about how our world does not have any borders due to social media. So we, ha we used to have this built-in protection and that built-in protection is now gone. So what I'm telling you is to be smart. Adults, we've gotta be knowledgeable because we're not exempt from this. We are still vulnerable people. And so we have to be knowledgeable. It also takes conversation. It takes having conversation with your kids. So some examples of what our life will look like when our kids get social media, we don't have kids yet, but so that's a while away, but two examples will be, they will never be allowed to be in a chat room with even if they know everybody in the chat room on a social media platform, they will never be able to be there. 
Second, they will never be able to direct message with somebody that they don't know. It is not because I don't trust my child, it's because I don't trust traffickers. The, the web that we use, like Google and different things, we use, I don't know the exact statistic, but we use about 5% of the internet. The rest of it is called the dark web. That is where danger happens. That's where traffickers live. That's where money laundering happens. So they know how to take the dark web and enter it and interject it into our lives. So we just have to be smart and be wise when it comes to social media platforms. The last one is, say there's a single mom and she's lost her job due to COVID-19. She's got four kids. So she knows that the money that she has coming in for unemployment She knows that that's coming, but she also knows that that money has to go to rent. But she's got to feed her four kids. So what does she do? She sells her oldest daughter to the landlord in exchange for free rent, so it frees up that money to be able to pay to have food for the rest of her children. That is called familial trafficking. And so what that looks like are families are trafficking their own children. This is on the rise. This is something that's kind of coming to the surface and we're learning about it. Really trafficking in general has always existed in the United States of America. It's just very, been very underground, but now it's slowly coming to the surface and we're being able to identify different things that are trafficking. So I'm gonna kind of talk about, oh no, I'm not. So Voice of Hope is the Lubbock Rape Crisis Center. So they have identified that there are over 400 Survivors of trafficking, confirmed sex trafficking cases here in Lubbock, Texas. The youngest one that I'm aware of being eight. That is a very young age. That is here right now in Lubbock, Texas. A good perspective that kind of helps a drug lord, he can sell 100 packages of cocaine to 100 different people, and that cocaine can be used one time. A trafficker can sell one girl to a hundred different people and she is property over and over and over and over again. She is brutally kicked, hurt, raped, abused, spiritually abused, emotionally abused, verbally abused over and over and over again, 10, 15, 20 times a day, which is 456 times a month, which is 5,580 times a year. Sometimes survivors have lived their entire life in trafficking, which means that they have been hurt over 100,000 times. If that doesn't put it into perspective for you, I'm not sure what will, because this is what they have endured over and over and over again. So I shared some things locally, so now we're gonna expand out into Texas. So in this graphic, you'll see There's a lot of information in this graphic that's really good, but I'm gonna focus on this top number. The University of Texas did a study in 2016 that says there are 79,000 minors and young adults, ages 25 and younger, that are victims of sex trafficking in the state of Texas alone. The state of Texas is, is, it's, it's in jeopardy. We have way too many young people, 25 and younger, that are being victims of trafficking. Houston is one of the top five hubs in the entire United States of America for trafficking. That is about 10 hours from here, and that is scary. Another thing that we like to look at is the brain. 
So most of us in this room, who, some of us have maybe experienced trauma, but most of us have this healthy brain. So what this is, is there's yellow and red and orange and green, which means that all these neurons in our brain are firing the way that they're supposed to. It's important for us to understand the healthy brain, which helps us then see an abused brain, a brain of trauma. This whole part of the brain is now black. So what that means is that the neurons in the brain are not firing the way that they're supposed to. So a good example is, say that a survivor is in public and she hears keys jingling. Then she starts to panic. She might cry, she might run away, she might scream. There might be a lot of stuff that's happening inside of her. Well, that's called a trigger. The trigger happens because she associates keys with being raped because that's what she heard from her trafficker when he came to unlock her door. So we have to understand that these triggers happen, but then what's happening is their brain has so much trauma that they can't respond in a way that we think is appropriate, especially in public. And so what we say in the world that we work in, we call it flipping your lid. And so that means that I am stressed, I don't know what to do, I am freaking out, I am triggered, but, and I'm gonna scream and I'm gonna run away because I just don't have the cognitive skills that she was born with. And so, but this is not the end all be all, because the thing that's amazing is through counseling, she can get her brain back to this point. It just takes a long time. It takes a lifelong journey of healing. So some of you might be saying, why are you talking about all of these things, physiological things, the mind, the body? Because these things are important, but at One Voice Home, we also believe in the power, the healing power of Jesus. So when those two things come together, they collide. And that's where true freedom happens. But we can't ignore this over here. Because this right here, that's, that takes a long time to overcome. There are some survivors that have been out of the life for 30 years, but they still struggle because these neurons are not firing the way they're supposed to. The head trauma, sometimes it might not completely heal due to their heads being slammed into the floor, slammed into walls, deep head trauma. But when those things collide, they do know that there is healing power in the name of Jesus. And it's beautiful because so many stories that I've heard from survivors of trafficking, they include Jesus in their story because that's where they were able to hear and experience true freedom. It's really even cooler because the state of Texas recognizes that faith-based organizations are taking the lead in this. That's a big deal when the governor's office gives us a stamp of approval when they are also giving us federal money because that means we don't have to shy away from Jesus, and that's awesome. But a big part of the, tr big part of the picture is that we will never ever pressure a survivor to convert to Christianity because there's a big piece of the puzzle that we always forget about. Those are the buyers. The United States of America are the number one consumers worldwide of trafficking. So they will buy and buy and buy. Many people in other countries, they call us Westerners. And so Westerners will go to other countries to buy victims of trafficking. But now, 
there is trafficking here in the United States of America, so they don't have to go anywhere. And so what they do is they get this girl into a room. There are many people that are church attenders, pastors, priests, that will, that will speak over her scripture and tell her that what's happening to her is biblical. That is damaging. And that is spiritual abuse. And so we are called as believers to be a source of Jesus for her. That means that we provide comfort. That means that we give her the choice to come to Bible study. It will always be there, but we will never push pressure on her because it has to be her choice. She has been robbed of choice and it has to be her choice to come and to experience Jesus. But we also know that as a staff and that us in this room will be fighting for her eternity behind closed doors because we also know that true freedom comes in the name of Jesus. So some people ask me how I do the work that I do. Sometimes if I'm in passing, I'll give a pretty baseline answer, but today I get to go into depth of what that looks like and we're just gonna turn straight to scripture. So in Psalms 10, 12 through 18, it says, Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. That right there is why I do what I do. That right there is why all I have to do is say yes. I'm just here to say yes. That's all God equipped me to do, to be able to say yes. It's important for us to understand that a lot of survivors are orphans. That might be metaphorically, but that also might be physically, especially if their families have trafficked them. So we have to step up and surround them and be a healthy family that they've never known before. And so it's we are called to defend the fatherless. But on the flip side, I also know that this burden is a God-sized burden. It is something that only God can carry. I will share in that burden, but God carries that burden. It says in scripture, Psalms 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. You shall never permit the righteous to be moved. God is my sustainer. The work that I do is really hard but I know that he will sustain me day to day, sometimes hour to hour. I share that burden, but daily when I try to carry it on my own, I give it back to the Lord. It's important for me, it says in our core values, to understand that I have not arrived. I don't know everything there is to know about trafficking. I don't know the recipe that it takes to walk with a survivor of trafficking. I am not their savior. Jesus is their savior, and he is the one that sustains us to be able to do the work that he's called us to do. To understand injustice, it takes heart change. To understand sex trafficking, it takes your heart breaking into a million 
tiny pieces. Sex trafficking is the epitome of evil. The enemy uses traffickers as his puppets to do his work. It's evil. But the thing that's great is that Jesus is bigger than that. And God goes to these places where hurting people are. He has done that for thousands and thousands of years because his heart pulses for those who are oppressed. That's what makes his heart pump. And that's what needs to make your heart pump and my heart pump to do what Jesus has called us to do. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to go and you need to be like, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to work at One Voice Home. We're going to do this awesome thing. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to find your place. We don't all have to do the same thing, but we all have to do something. And that something is between you and Jesus. So let me put it into a little bit of perspective. So you've got guys that are fighting a battle. You've got guys on the front lines. You've got medics that are taking care of them when they're hurt. You've got individuals in a war room that are planning out how it's all going to go. We might have individuals back in America that are calling some shots. We've got the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Air Force. We've got the National Guard. We've got all of these people that are, have one common goal that is protection. It's protection. But they're not all doing the same thing but they're all doing something. It is our goal as Jesus followers to protect and defend the fatherless. That is what we have to do. But it does truly take heart change. So I wanna invite you to close your eyes and I'm gonna read a series of what if questions over you. So close your eyes and really allow these questions to be dissected. What if I step out into the unknown and ask myself questions, the hard questions that could reflect the true identity of my heart? What if I don't love the oppressed? What if I don't want to defend the fatherless? What if I'm terrified to talk about something that makes me so uncomfortable? What if I'm too selfish to step forward to serve? What if I don't believe that these girls are worthy of healthy love? What if I experience joy in serving the least of these? What if radical life change happens in my heart because I was willing to dig deep? What if I step out of my comfort zone and find that I am gifted in walking with people who just need someone to talk to? What if I realize that I'm called to the trenches for the advancement of the gospel? What if I realize that my business or my organization can play a role in combating trafficking? What if I realize that God has a plan for me that is far bigger than I could ever even imagine? Open your eyes. The gospel, Jesus, he takes your what if questions and he turns them into something beautiful instead of something scary. So I just want to challenge you to step into a place that might be scary for you, but I promise that you will leave change. God calls us to a place of humility. I had to learn when I started this job and, and really my journey of trafficking, understanding trafficking, that I had to genuinely go to the Lord in prayer. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to step into to a time of praying over four different things. 
The thing that is really cool is that God can speak to each one of us individually right now. Each one of you on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live, he can speak to all of us individually because that's how powerful he is. The enemy can't even be in two places at once. That's why he has demons. And so that's how powerful our God is, is that he gets to speak to each one of us individually. So allow him to speak to you. The first thing that we're gonna pray through is that God would break your heart into a million tiny pieces for survivors and victims of trafficking. They are all over the world, but our heart has to change for them. So let's pray through that right now. We ask for you to move in our hearts, God. Lord, we ask that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to see. Father, these women as you see them, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would break our hearts, Lord, for those who are helpless. Father, would you drive us into prayer? for these women, God. Lead us to seek you and to seek after your face, God. Yeah, God, we need you, we need your help. So Lord, would you continue to move in our hearts, break our hearts for the things that break yours, God. Yeah, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Freedom. Freedom is something that our country was founded on. Freedom is something that most of us have never known life without. Freedom is something that we take for granted on a daily basis. The freedom to be able to go home and go to bed when you want to and lay on a bed with a pillow. The freedom to feed yourself when you need to feed yourself so that you don't starve. The freedom to take care of your body and take the medicine and the supplements and and exercise and everything you need to do to take care of your temple that God gave you. Freedom is something that we take for granted. So two things, pray and be thankful for what you have. It says in scripture that we're to praise the Lord for what we have. The flip side is for you to pray for survivors of trafficking to know what true freedom feels like in the name of Jesus. So let's pray through those things. God, Lord, you're just so gracious. God, I just thank you for everything that you have given us, God, and just lavished your freedom upon us, Lord. You um, bring freedom to every single life, Lord, when they come to you. And so, God, Lord, I pray for the girls and the boys and the men and the women that are in sex trafficking right now. God, I pray that they can find a spiritual freedom in you, Lord. 
that they can find a hope. God, that they're no longer held down, but God, they're free. But even in a physical sense, God, I pray for their freedom. God, I pray for their independence, Lord, where they, they can go about their days without being told what they have to do or what they have to wear. Jesus, Lord, I just pray for you to break through and God, bring freedom on every single level and just show them how good you truly are, God. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The next one, this is the hard one. So we're going to pray for the trafficker. This took me time, so if that makes you really angry, that's okay. It's okay for you to feel angry to pray for the trafficker. But it's also important for us to remember that you are never too far gone for Jesus. Because imagine what if a trafficker that runs a really big sex trafficking ring, what if he comes to know Jesus? Think of the impact that he could make with other traffickers. Or think about the guys that are sitting in jail that, that are traffickers. That's why I love our Hope City ministry and jail ministry and prison ministry because they get to encounter these men and tell them that you are not your past decisions, that your future is in the name of Jesus and you are never too far gone for that. So let's spend some time praying for the trafficker. God, we pray for the trafficker. God, we pray that you would move in his heart wherever he is right now, God, all over the world. God, that he would experience something that's, that's making his heart beat really fast and that he's curious and wants to ask questions about this guy named Jesus. God, would you move in their life? God, there's so many stories throughout the Bible of where you took somebody that we thought would never come to know Jesus, and then they did. God, a Saul to Paul situation. God, would you intervene for traffickers to know that their lives can change? God, we pray against the evil one, continuing to use them as puppets. God, there is no room for the evil one in this. God, you are bigger than the kingdom of darkness. God, we pray for traffickers all over the world that they would experience freedom in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last thing that we're gonna pray through is what is hindering you to take a next step to fighting injustice? And what is your role? We don't all have to do the same thing, but we all have to do something. What's your something? Really allow God to speak to you in this moment. A lot of times I'll give out a list of things that you can do, but God told me don't put me in a box. So I'm not gonna put him in a box and I'm gonna allow him to truly speak to all of us individually about what we can do as our next step to fight injustice. Let's pray into that.
Father God, as we come to you, Father God, those sitting in this room, Father God, and those watching online, Father God, as your Holy Spirit stirs our hearts, Father God, as to what our part, what is our part, Father God, in this whole process. Like Hillary said, Father God, we don't all have to do the same thing, but what is the something that you are calling us to do? Father, I pray, Father God, that the conviction would fall heavy on our hearts, that we would not be okay with what's happening mm -hmm. in our world today, Father. But that you would radically transform our hearts, Father God, to put our yes on the table, mm -hmm to go to places, Father God, where we would never even think or imagine that we would go, but we go, Father God, because you're sending us, because we said yes. Father, my prayer is, is that every heart, Father God, that's listening to this prayer right now, that you would be crushing their hearts for what crushes yours, Father. Your, your word says, Father God, that you weep with those that are weeping, that you grieve with those that are grieving. Father, I refuse to stand by and not do nothing. Father, that you would radically transform people's lives and people's hearts, people's eternities, Father God, because we said yes. So whatever that yes looks like, Father, I pray that you fill us with your boldness to put one foot in front of the other and to be your hands and your feet. Thank you for Hillary. Thank you for those that have already put their yes on the table. Your word says, Father God, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Father, I, I'm begging you to call your workers into the field right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I know that this has been really heavy and you're probably gonna leave here and experience a lot of emotions and that's okay. But what I wanna end on is that there is hope. There is hope for survivors to embark on their healing journey and there is hope that is in the gospel and in the name of Jesus. So I want you to check out this video of a lady that just just envelops passion that she is worthy of us fighting for her. Check it out. Our generation is losing the battle. Too many lives have been excused, suffocating in silence, killing their future with violence. The John, the pimp, the perpetrator, the one who rapes her, the killer of life, conductors of hatred and strife. A lifetime of abuse is not her identity. Despised and forsaken, I hear their cries. Shame, affliction, and depression, they give in to the lies. I can hear the silent shouts of despair. Raped multiple times, night after night. Some say it is what it is, but I say she's not on her own. Because slavery is real. It exists in the world today. 
It's called human trafficking, sexual trafficking. It's violence, it's physical, verbal, and sexual abuse. It's forced prostitution, turning people into property, turning daughters into dollars. Did you know that every 30 seconds, another person is trafficked? There are over 40.3 million victims of human trafficking worldwide, and only 1% of them are ever rescued. That means 99% of them are never rescued. It breaks my heart. The average age is 12 years old. They are bought, abused, raped, and sold. Although most of us have never witnessed this crime, it happens every day all around the world. And it's not just a global crime, it's a local crime. Right in our own communities, right in our own backyards. You are not just a number, and neither are they. There is nothing human about human trafficking. And we won't stop until everyone is free. Together, we are a force for good because she is valuable and freedom is non-negotiable. Her value and worth is worth more than precious rubies or gold. She deserves to be told you are beautiful with no strings attached. I believe in a world without slavery, in a world without sexual exploitation. I believe in the power of freedom, of hope, of love. I believe in the power to inspire life and restore joy. If not now, then when? Their story doesn't end here because she is worthy, powerful, brave, relentless, significant, courageous. No more injustice or cries because their story isn't over yet. There's still fight left in her eyes. We can't change the direction of the wind, but we can set her sails towards freedom. You and I are the key to unlock the door and restore her freedom. We are here to rescue the one because her life matters. We will do it one life at a time. We will do it because every life matters. It's time for you and I to seek justice, defend the oppressed, amplify the voices of victims of modern day slavery. Today is the day that we begin to make history through your bravery. This is not the end, but a new beginning. Her story is not over yet. Take a stand and raise your voice for the voiceless. She is not for sale, she is priceless. The time is now for you to be a world changer. Join me in making history together, changing lives one by one forever. Freedom is our legacy. What will you do with it? Freedom is our legacy. What will you do with it? We've got to know that there is hope in the name of Jesus. We've got to know that he is bigger than all of this. He is more powerful than all of this. And true healing comes in the name of Jesus. But we can't do this alone. It takes an entire community to come together to end trafficking. So I'll say it again, we don't all have to do the same thing, but we all have to do something. God, you are a God that is big and mighty and powerful. God, I love that you move in survivors' lives. I love that the state of Texas recognizes that faith-based initiatives are the leader in this. God, that only you can do that. God, only you can do that. That's why I pray that survivors all over the world would feel your presence and would know true freedom in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for traffickers that you would radically shake their lives. God, I pray that each one of us would leave today changed. God, that we would leave and tell one person about something that we learned today and that will make today worth it. God, we love you so much. 
God, we know that you can end trafficking in the name of Jesus. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.